Hello, and welcome back to Two Barstools and a Knife, talking about the industry then, now, and in the future. As always, I am Professor Nathan Dodge, joined by my two fabulous colleagues, Professor Brian Connors and Chef John Noble Massey. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So this is our first Two Barstools and a Knife. We're actually doing the same room. We're doing our podcast together. It's fun to see you guys. Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you both. Yeah. Wow. It's weird to be in the same room. It is, a little bit. All right, so today we're going back to the bar. We're going to talk about beer. We've got an amazing guest on today from a brand I'm sure you all know, Funky Buddha. Now, John is going to talk today about the challenges and the rewards of being a small brand in a large company. But first, I want to remind everyone who's still finding our podcast on the FIU website. That's great. Keep it up. Thank you very much. But we're also available everywhere you find podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere else. So one of the cool things about this um, being on this platform is you get a lot of analytics, and I can see where people are listening. Not just it's just the cities. I don't get to see like in your your room or your car because that's okay. just creepy. That is that would be really creepy. it's really creepy. Very but um, very I Dodge is watching. You. I would be very self conscious. I <laughs> yeah. think. But you should. Yeah. I should be. I, I am already. So we've got a lot of. Oh, followers. this is going to be a fun day. <laughs> a lot of Florida followers. So thank you. Like coffee so far. So I know. Sorry. I'll make uh, Brian a couple in a second. Um, <laughs> but we've got listeners all around the world. We've got them in uh, Germany. We've got someone in Dubai listening. Um, and actually, we have someone in France right outside Paris who has listened to the last five podcasts. So to them, bonjour. Bonjour. Thank you. All right. Merci. And Merci. Enough of the, the ramblings Merci. of Dodge. <laughs> I apologize. So let's get to why we came here. Brian. What are the numbers looking like in classes for John Lynn? Well, first we talked about classes. Um, yeah. What's going on with Bacardi Teach, Bacardi Talk, Bacardi Center yeah, All of Bacardi. All of there. So everything is going incredibly well. So we have a few announcements to make as well. Uh, classrooms, of course, are filling up nicely. We still have some room available. I know uh, we're going to have some changes, perhaps. Some changes, some social distancing changes. We're going through the, the classes right now and, and adjusting sizes, but Okay. Well, in which way they're going to be fabulous, as John fabulous. Said. Yeah, it's nice. Sorry, John, when you know, we're all in the same room, we're all yeah, excited yeah. about this. Uh, <laughs> all good. So, of course, this week we are starting our Bacardi talks uh, on Thursday. Uh, so, we'll be able to record that and play some clips for you in the near future. Should be listening to this podcast on Friday. But we're looking forward to have uh, Pete Carr and the executive team from Bacardi North America joining us. Also, a couple of quick announcements is going to be uh, Bacardi Scholarship is now available and open until June 11th. Please sign up uh, if you have any financial needs. We are definitely here to help and looking forward to supporting students. We have a nice amount signed up uh, or applied, shall we say, already. So please apply uh, at the FIU Scholarship Department before June 11th. Uh, Bacardi Teach is roaring. Of course, if you complete uh, five modules, you'll be able to have your beverage excellence certificate. And we're already beginning to work on phase two. We'll talk more about phase two of Bacardi Teach in the weeks to come. But uh, besides that, the Bacardi classroom is moving along nicely. Uh, the walls are wrapped, looking sharp. So we are looking forward to the fall as we're able to get back on campus to a new exciting program. So in a nutshell, what am I, what am I forgetting, gentlemen, anything? 
I mean, the, the classroom wrapping is super exciting. Yeah. Liven that place up would be a fabulous place to teach. A couple of tweaks, but it's looking looking tight. And then we're going to have a, a teaching bar on there as well. Oh, a better. teaching? Is that what we're calling it? A, a teaching, teaching bar. Teaching bar. Oh, John, John Lynn liked that one. <laughs> I like a teaching bar. There you go. <laughs> so that, that's the all things with Bacardi. All right. So I guess without further ado, let's talk to uh, our, our buddy here, John Lynn. Um, John's from, like I said, Funky Buddha. John, you've been there since the beginning, right? Yeah, that's right. It's been uh, it's been about seven and a half years now. Well, let's have you introduce yourself because I'll, I'll butcher it. So John Lynn, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Nathan, Brian, and John for having me. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm John. I'm, I'm, I'm lead marketing at Funky Buddha. Joined the the company uh, before we opened our doors back in in early 2013, and um, you know it's been a wild ride. You know we've uh, we've 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 grown a lot, an ex- exceptional amount, and 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 changed with the business over the past seven or eight years, and um, you know now now more so than ever. So it's very it's 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 very exciting, and it's a it's a great business to be in. So for those of you who are in Paris or anywhere throughout the world and have no idea what Funky Buddha is. So Funky Buddha is a, was a small tap room in Boca and then it has grown exponentially. It's now they're making beer in Oakland Park. They're selling to definitely throughout Florida. I've seen it in North Carolina. Where else are you selling to John? Yeah. We, so we, yeah, we, we started as a small tap room in Boca Raton. We opened our production facility in Oakland Park in 2013 and a tap room there. We were, one of the first, uh, we were the first uh, a production brewery in Broward, and one of the first in South Florida. So we're kind of on the early wave, uh, and yeah, since since then we've gone on to become the the, the second largest uh, local brand in the state, and uh, we're sold, you know, primarily in Florida. We have been sold in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Washington D.C., and Alabama as well. All right, so East Coast brand. Now I know that you are owned by someone else. Who were you owned by? Yeah, about two and a half years ago, we were acquired by Constellation Brands, and uh, these are the uh, you know importers, marketers, makers of Corona, uh, Modelo, uh, Pacifico, and then a host of wine and spirits like Robert Mondavi and uh, and Kim Crawford and Svetka and High West, and you know a lot of really the whole company focuses on really high end beverage products, so really playing at the high end of beer, uh, import beer, the high end of of spirits, the high end of wine. Well, it's nice that hence the growth, though, with Constellation Brands. I've known John for years now. I think back when I was doing some consulting for Cruise Line, and then I was able to uh, continue my relationship with John in higher education. So, John, let's talk a little bit about how uh, this COVID has impacted the beer segment. Uh, Everyone is definitely drinking more. Not just Dodge, you know. Not just Dodge. <laughs> I've got a case of Floridian in the fridge. He is leading now. the way. Case he of, is leading the way. Uh, I, yeah, you guys Thank you for the job security, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we can do. But how has it really impacted the Funky Boomers brand? Well, like first, the industry as a whole has definitely had a lot of impacts uh, over the past two and a half, three months. You know, you mentioned that, you know, consumption is up. I think in general, it is it is up slightly but also the occasions, the way that people are consuming is, is drastically different. You know, we're not going to bars, uh, at least uh, up until recently, and, and even, even then not going like we used to. So the, drink, the drinking occasion is at home. So you really have to change kind of the way that you're, uh, that you're approaching the business, you know, just from a strategic perspective. And you know, how, do, how do we approach customers in this new occasion and, and in their new you know, sort of 
path to purchase, uh, which is also dramatically different. So I'd say, you know, first and foremost, I mean, beer is, is up a lot uh, in, in, particularly in like the kind of channels that we track, like we look at like sales through like grocery stores and like liquor stores. And so, you know, beer as well as all, you know, wine and spirits too are, are, you know, through the roof in those places because people are not going to be able to drink at a bar. They're going to, they're going to drink at home. Hey, there you go. Let's <laughs> crack some open. <laughs> well, we, we couldn't do this show at Nathan yeah. Dodge's house and not have props. All good. I've got only two different IPAs. I've got the Hop Gun and then the Chant IPA. Which one is a, a breakfast beer for you? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, it depends on what kind of day you're planning to have. Hop Gun is a 7% IPA. It's full, full flavored, but balanced. And then I Chant think that's is a low-calorie IPA. Nice. Oh man, I, I I feel like I need to get one now. Hold on. Can I can I go get one? Absolutely. Okay. We encourage that. <laughs> so boys, cheers. 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 Oh, it's fabulous <laughs> to see you guys. Back in the same place where this all starts. Mm. So, you know, it's good. It's not necessarily going well with that coffee, so I'm gonna move on. All right, sorry folks. No I'm nobody wants saying. to drink alone. <laughs> So right, you know, I'm just awesome. I'm being supportive here. All right, I've, I've got our hard seltzer here, Funky Boom. Oh, oh so that was going to be the next question. So, beer is I'm sure your bread and butter, but what's going on? What are the new things, new trends in the industry that you are looking at right now with um, seltzers or, or other types of beverages? Yeah, I mean, yeah, beer, beer is still the vast majority of our business, but yeah, hard seltzer is growing leaps and bounds. I mean, it's been, it's been up over as a, as a segment, uh, up over 300% for the past, I don't know, 14 months or so, which just means it's growing crazy. And I think oh, re- recently, you know, the, the hard seltzer purchases eclipsed about 10% of the beer category purchases. So you think about that going from something a couple of years ago where no one really knew what a hard seltzer was to now with, you know, truly white claw, like all, all, all the, kind of really popular brands that are just just growing that that piece of the business. I mean, people are drinking seltzers in a big way. And I think they're, they're turning to them for, you know, they're refreshing, they're light, they're, they're easy to drink. Um, the, the flavor is is there, but it's subtle. And then they're, they're also low calorie uh, relative to, to other beverage options. So you guys are now making a seltzer. Um, I went looking for that seltzer yesterday. I yep. hit a couple of the, uh, the big grocery stores. Where will I find Funky Buddha Seltzer? So yeah, Funky Buddha Hard Seltzer debuted in April, so it's still pretty new. Uh, Publix is uh, probably the number one retailer that you'll find it at. Okay. Uh, it's in most, if not all, Publixes here in South Florida. God, it wasn't also on Instacart, I will tell you that. I was wondering if you <laughs> find it because you know, I actually have to go to the grocery store. I, I when I said I went shopping yesterday, yeah. I went shopping for the living room. Yeah, like so many people are. Yeah, that's probably yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's one of the biggest change right now. Um, yeah, it, you know, and, and it's funny because online retailers like uh, Instagram, they're, they're marketplace. It's not a retailer. So it's looking at inventory locally in, in the stores mm-hmm. nearest you and determining whether you can order that or not. So it, it is on Instacart, but you, you may not. They filter out. Instacart will filter out things out of stock. And, and truthfully, we've been out of stock for I don't know, about two weeks well, good for you uh, because of the amount of uh, the amount of uh, buzz and demand around the beer has been huge. So. We've had trouble keeping up, at least initially, but we've got a lot more on the way. John, I have, you know, as the chef of the group, I always am concerned or, or at least focused on the flavors in that. And I'd really be curious to know what your 
development plan is when you look at adding new flavors, whether it be the seltzer or the beer line and what your process is? Are you, are you doing surveys or, or what, what drives the addition of a new flavor or, or start? What's the research behind it? I think throughout our history, typically we've gone with a lot of gut. You know, that's a, a lot of small companies do that. They go with their gut, right? And so you, you, you develop something, you try it, you test it, and, uh, and you find something you like. You think, well, I think other people will like this too. But, you know, with the seltzer, um, we actually did, you know, some, some consumer testing with our loyalists, with, with the you know, biggest fans of the brewery. We asked them about flavors that they would want, their preferred flavor profiles. And then we also tasted uh, a select set out on the flavors once they've been created and got feedback on that. And I think we developed like eight, flavors initially and then whittled that down to four which are in the variety pack so you could buy this in a 12 pack variety pack which is pretty common of the seltzer category and uh you know so we there are four flavors three cans of each inside um, what so are the, flavors? Flavors we, the flavors we have are uh, i'm drinking uh key lime cherry right now mm-hmm. uh, key lime cherry cool. so it's a little bit citrusy a little bit kind of yes. berry like uh we also have blood orange in the pack we've got a uh, a grapefruit pink grapefruit and then probably the, the far and away favorite that we're seeing from consumer response is a mango guava, which mm-hmm. people just love. Uh, all mine are, are gone. So <laughs> Is this available? It could be available at the taproom as well or just at retailers? Yeah, it will be available at the taproom when we reopen, hopefully, hopefully soon. Cool. John, as me being the beverage nerd or industry nerd, I know Constellation Brands has invested heavily in cannabis, uh, particularly in the Canadian market. And we're watching an explosion still of CBD. And actually, I had one recently, a CBD soda. We went on a little trip over to St. Pete, and it was quite nice. I'm not a huge that you know marijuana or CBD guy, but it's quite good. Any plans for Funky Boom to head in the CBD world? I think it would make a lot of sense for our brand for yeah. some obvious reasons. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of holding off right now. The whole company, uh, Constellation, obviously is very invested, as you mentioned, in the cannabis space. They, uh, you know, bought into a, a company in Canada that's kind of paving the way up there. But, you know, it's not federally legal yet. And so because it's a publicly traded company and there's a lot of, uh, there's already an investment, there's a lot of trepidation, I think, around coming into the United States uh, with the products, it's not federally approved. So uh, I think that the company strategy is to hold off until that, that approval is there. I can definitely see a CBD seltzer. Oh, oh yeah. man, that's that that's that's a, the whole whole other animal, right? Combining the two things. <laughs> well, they're, they're starting to add CBD in juice bars as add-ins and all that. Mm-hmm. So well, get on board. So, John, what do we see next on the horizon for Funky Buddha? So the uh, the seltzer is a big part of our of our plans this year. As I mentioned, it's doing doing great so far, and and we've really yet to begin formal, you know, advertising or, or marketing, uh, or, or sort of big marketing plans around it. Um, so as we get into the summer and beyond, I think we're going to be focusing a lot on the seltzer and growing it. Um, as I mentioned, you know, you can find it in in Publixes uh, and in most Publixes throughout the state, as well as Walmart and, and Total Wine, ABC, all the major retailers are, are carrying it. So, so we're going to, we're going to get behind the seltzer and push that in a big way. And then um, Chant, which was the, one of the other IPAs that, that Nathan brought to the table. That's also a new product for us this year. It's low yeah. cal, 99 calories. So. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you, you've got kind of the, the best of both worlds of the flavor of a, of a really hoppy IPA. Um, but like the light, crisp body of an ultra light beer, you know that that you know. Adrian Biggs will like this. 
Asian pigs would not like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's competing with um, like a mid culture, or, or it's a lifestyle brand. Lifestyle. Brand. It, it's playing in that space. Yeah. I mean, we're 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 taking the you know, the approach of kind of combining the functionality of, of, of flavor with, you know, betterment, we call it in the, in, in the biz, right? The idea that people still want to drink, you know, but they want to do it in, in, in a way that fits their lifestyle. But as, as you said, so, you know, something you could bring outdoors, something you can, you know, have after a workout or, 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 you know, playing around a golf or, you know, whatever you might be doing. So, oh, it's quite um, good. so far it's doing well for us and we're going to continue to ride that throughout this year too. You know, you know John, I, I know we, um, touched on the mango guava flavor and everyone and their brother and sister knows about your maple bacon porter beer that's yeah. been so popular. Coffee make maple bacon. Yeah, maple bacon coffee, coffee porter. Yeah, it's a, mouth a lot of I really How could I forget the coffee? <laughs> Has there been a flavor that y'all have developed that you thought was going to be gangbusters and then oh, oops, it wasn't or it wasn't as big as you thought it would be? You know, <clears throat> I I kind of point to this one. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, Ryan Sense. He's he's one of our co-founders, and and he still develops a lot of our our beers, our innovation. And Ryan is 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 never afraid to try anything. So has has he made things that maybe didn't turn out <laughs> quite as a vision? You know, probably. I always point to to one. Uh, he really wanted to make a Bloody Mary beer. And, um, Ooh, you know, michelata. kind of like a, like a michelada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it makes these know, two guys happy. We're yeah, all which I love, right? I mean, who doesn't love a, a great michelada? But I, for whatever reason, that one didn't, didn't come out so good. Maybe the tomato was, uh, was too dominant or something like that. But, um, mm. uh, but, you know, honestly, like, I think, I think, you know, kind of our ethos, ethos about it is, you know, we'll try anything, you know, if we can, if we can dream it, we can do it. And at the end of the day, you know, we, Kind of look to ourselves and say, "Hey, is this a is this a tasty product? Is it is it yeah. uh, does it fulfill what we're trying to do? And if and if it does, then uh, generally when we bring it out, it does okay." Yeah, I've been to your your tap room a few times. I've had a, several several of your beers. There's been a couple that I probably wouldn't go back to, but there's, for the most part, I, I've always been pretty excited about trying the, the new flavors. Peanut butter. But uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a popular that's one. We have awesome. a peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, no problem. Hey, everyone no else loves it. It's just you know not my thing. That that brings up something we always say, which is like you know your your favorite beer, the best beer is the one in your hand. So for for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different. Absolutely. And yes. I think that's the nice thing about craft beers. It sort of democratizes your choice around yeah, what well, you want to drink. Well, well, you all have experienced such growth, and th thank you by the way for hiring a bunch of our students. We always appreciate that. You guys do. If there do, are students, or anyone listening right now, and you could offer them some advice about getting into the business or or potentially things that you would look for in candidates, what would they be? Yeah, um, you know, I think getting into the business has a lot to do with your passion uh, and your enthusiasm around it. I mean, you have you have to have a, a level of knowledge to back that up. But I mean, I got into craft beer in. Um, I guess it was 2010. I was a journalist before that and, and a marketer. And so, you know, I'd done that for a few years and, and really just got kind of very excited and, and got, in, you know, and wrapped up in craft beer and, and this kind of wave that was happening. And so I decided, well, I, you know, I want to see if I could do this for a living. You know, I think you have to be prepared, you know, to, to start, you know, at the bottom and, and learn the business. You know, it, it, there's a lot to learn in the beverage industry, um, whether it's craft beer or otherwise. And so, 
you know, whether it's, you know, starting in the bar or in the private event space or in marketing, like on our street team, our ambassadors that go out and kind of talk about the brand and they're really passionate about it and engage with people, you know, you start there and build your knowledge and, and then grow with it. That's, that was kind of my pathway. So that's what, what I would recommend is, you know, be willing to, 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 to come in and show your value, be passionate about it. Um, I think, you know, for any industry, beverage or otherwise, I think if you show your true passion and you really have it in, in your heart to be, be to be good at it, but that's that's probably the most important element. So, John, as another marketing guy, what's your take on TikTok? Because I was a big fan of it. The dean, Michael, if you're listening, this is a true story, <laughs> uh, said no. He poo-pooed it. It's for young people, and then. Now he's the biggest supporter and telling everyone to get up behind TikTok. What's your thoughts as a marketer on TikTok? Yeah, you know, you know, like I think there's been, uh, you know, there's been a, a lot of different social media networks that have risen, and there a lot of them are are based on I think different, you know, needs maybe, you know, and TikTok I think is like this. Viral. It, it kind of brings me back to what was the the one video platform where you could get seven second clips and then they would repeat Vine. Vine, yeah. So it kind of brings me back to that. I, I think people, you know, like Snapchat and these things that are kind of a little bit different. I think they're designed for different needs. And so as a marketer, you know, I think you know you have to meet people where they're going to be at. Your customer is going to be in different places, and you're kind of looking to meet them where they are. And so, you know, the pe- people are on Facebook for a different reason that they're on TikTok. They're on a different reason uh, than they're on Instagram. And uh, so it's almost like your content approach has to has to change quite a bit. And, you know, TikTok is, you know, kind of proven to be a little bit more like, you know, Snapchat or Vine or even Instagram shares a little bit in common with Instagram in that it's about, you know, kind of engaging funny content. So I think if you're a brand that, that you know, can speak with authenticity and do those things, then, then, it, then it could be a, a pretty fun place to play. But, you know... You got to always think about like what, what the platform is for or what people are using it for before, you know, diving in. That's true. And you guys do a phenomenal job with branding. If you don't mind, can you tell a quick little story about where some of the artwork on your labels, because they're so now iconic, uh, as well as, you know, how do they, how does that whole process start? Thanks. Yeah. I mean, we, we've always wanted to, to be kind of the imaginative brewer and to really display our individuality and, you know, our creativity through our package design and through what we do on labels. And uh, so it seemed like a natural fit for us right away. Like illustration was the way we were going to go. We wanted to kind of paint this picture of, you know, the beer taking you to another place. And uh, so, you know, that's something that's just kind of grown over the years. And, you know, we have a lot of fun, you know, developing it. I'm, I'm really proud of, of the chant artwork, which kind of, you know, combines this, you know, kind of betterment from, you know, this, this feeling of enlightenment with the brewery. Uh, to, you know, this really hoppy explosion of flavor that you get from that beer. But every, every beer is its own process. And, you know, actually right now we are undergoing a, a, a redesign where we're going to be redesigning our packaging. We're going to be unveiling that uh, probably late this year, early next year. So we're still in the early phases of it. But, you know, I think it's important that brands, you know, stay on top of, of their image. It's the number, you know, the package is the number one touch point for us. It's what you see when you go into the grocery store and, so it says the most about the brand. So I think we're, uh, you know, we're, we're very excited about that process now. And it, it's, it's probably one of the more fun things we get to do. Because we, we do a lot of it in-house, but we also we, we have uh, illustrators and, and, and agency support as well. Um, so we, we, we lean on, you know, both our knowledge of the brand as well as, uh, you know, 
experts to help us with. Is there any more growth strategies in the state of Florida and beyond? Yeah, I mean, as far as expansion, our, our goal is really Florida. Florida is, is still growing kind of ahead of the rest of the country. Um, there's a ton of runway in the state for us. You know, as big as we've become, we still have a lot of room to grow. Um, so Florida is our biggest focus is where we're focusing most of our efforts. You know, there's an element of kind of taking the things we've been successful at here in South Florida and bringing that throughout the state in a more real way. So, you know, I mentioned our street team, you know, we activate uh, at, you know, probably 800 events a year, whether that be samplings and tastings in grocery stores and, and liquor stores or, um, or, you know, doing charitable functions, doing stuff with FIA. We do the brew fest every year. Um, so we're really active in the community. And so that's something that we're expanding upon throughout the state. Um, we're doing a lot more media than we have in the past. And, and, and mostly we're doing that, uh, through digital video and social media, kind of show we can showcase yeah. kind of our creative side, uh, a little bit more. And also like, like you, we were talking about earlier, meet our customer. And then I think with everything going on right now, you know, we're really focused on the off-premises channel. You know, we've been we we we've done some things during this time to really give support to the on-premises side. Like we did um, this program called Beers for the Biz, where we gave back uh, proceeds from case sales to Core, which is Children of Restaurant Employees. It's a it's a char- charity that That's focuses awesome. on uh, helping families who've been affected by medical disaster, other like life altering emergencies. And so they're actually giving direct funds to families who have been impacted directly by COVID-19. And uh, so we've been able to uh, raise $25,000 for CORE to support families in, in, in Florida uh, who, who are really most affected in, in the beverage and uh, food and beverage industry. I love how our industry has all come together. Really, you know, we really challenging times. I mean, from spirit side, beer side, culinary side, our hospitality relief fund for FIU and Sobe has been phenomenal. So yeah, as tough as times are, it's just, it's amazing to see just to echo you, like, like how many people care and how many people uh, really want to support those in need. And uh, in, that's encouraging, you know, you need that. You, you touched on that passion, John, about things that you look for in people in this business. And I think it's, it's one of the things that each of us sitting here at this table just miss with having that connection with our students who share that that same passion. I'm still getting a lot of texts though from the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, things like this, Zoom meetings and virtual happy hours, we've been doing a lot of them, uh, you know, both for our fans and then just internally. And I mean, you need it. You need that connect that connection with people. It, you, you miss it deeply, especially I think something that beer is good at doing which is helping to connect people across a bar stool or, you know, wherever you may be, you may have it. I mean, that's one of the strongest, I think, components of having a beer with someone. Last Cheers week, to that. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, Cheers to that. So last week we talked about the fact there's a lot of these takeaway uh, places that are doing takeaway cocktails, cocktails. takeaway beers. Do you expect once everything goes back to semi-normal that your, your growler and, and crowler business will be going up or, what do you think is going to happen with that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, whether it's, I think what we're seeing right now before the tap rooms actually open uh, on, you know, the grocery stores, mm-hmm. liquor stores, I mean, where our sales are through the roof in, in that channel. Um, whereas obviously, you know, people going to bars and restaurants, mm-hmm. it's still in decline. I just got a, a stat, I think 51% of people uh, country, countrywide, according to this study, were 
you know, still not considering going out to eat. Um, yeah. So that, that's still that, that that's a dramatic. That's half the population that you know is 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 still treating this very seriously. Um, but that number is coming down. So I think for us, when we reopen the tap room, you know, we have made changes. Like we are, we've gone to a digital ordering system. We're going to now have full service. We're used to come into the bar and you would go to kind of our fast casual counter to order your food. Well, mm-hmm. now we've got uh, full service and we have touchless ordering options. So you can actually just pull up the menu on your phone and order and we'll bring it right out to you. Um, oh, and that cool. dovetails into that digital is, as well. Yes. So I think, yeah, to really answer, cool. I was a really long way to answer your question. Yes, I think, uh, you know, our to-go to options, um, online ordering, you know, these things I think are around to stay. I don't think they're they're going to go away you know once things reopen i think that you know this is this event has been dramatic for a lot of reasons and a lot of ways in our life and i think it's going to affect you know so many of our purchase behaviors and they're just our our attitudes as as people you know for years to come you know but i do miss a bar i miss oh my god oh yeah yeah Yeah. we gotta miss a bar (laughs) for sure I miss a lot. So every week you've been asking some fun questions to our guests and kind of getting the conversation going. Uh, and I'll, of course, throw it over to you guys as well. But uh, I've been doing some research as I've been doing a lot of interviews. And I'm going to steal one just for you, John, uh, from Dan Rather. Oh, yeah. Not you, this John. And then we'll throw it over to that. I'm, I'm impressed though, with your Dan Rather. Uh, so am I. Repertoire. I'm semi-slot. Semi-slot. <laughs> semi-slot. A legend. Yeah, allegedly. Thank you. So the question is: Is what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten that you still use? You can think. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a take a sip if you need it. <laughs> yeah, let me let me take a long sip here as I think about that. Um. You know, I don't know if this was like said to me explicitly or, or or just like kind of patterned by some of the leaders that I've had in my life, because I think I've had some great ones that have they kind of influenced me in the way that I go about my kind of day-to-day business or, you know, just my life. And I think uh, a level of personal responsibility is so important, right? Like holding yourself accountable to what you want to accomplish, being true to yourself and knowing that you left it all on the table. I think one thing about Funky Buddha that's been a constant throughout our, our history is a culture of hard work. And there's no one in that building that doesn't bust their ass day in and day out. And um, so I think just, you know, whether it's kind of leadership or just the, the, the folks around me uh, throughout that process, all the great people we've had come through that building, I think um, probably the, the best piece of advice that, you know, I've absorbed is, you know, leave it all on the table, work, work hard and hold yourself accountable. That's good. That's very good. John Noble Massey, same question to you. Best piece of advice you've ever gotten that you still use? You know, for me, I'll just refer to what my father's mantra was. And it's... And Don't be stupid, you moron. You <laughs> <laughs> sure said that. I think you said that to me. Uh, you know, when I was, you know, that's what my dad said to me. That's, that's why I was thinking about that. I beat you. Yeah. <laughs> no, my father actually said, "Clean, utilize, and improve. Work in a clean kitchen. Utilize the ingredients as best you can, and figure out what's where where you're going to use something. So something like shrimp, which I'm going to make for y'all later." It, it, 
don't grind it up and put it in something where people can't see it. So that improve upon it so that it can be sold and make some money. And for those of you that do not know, John's late father was a legendary chef instructor at the Culinary Institute in America for, and one of the founders, uh, founding instructors. One of the founding instructors, yes. uh, yeah, So legendary, noble Massey. Uh, speaking of legendary, <laughs> you know, don't be stupid, don't be stupid anymore. anymore. No, no, no. They did not. Same question. So my dad is an educator as well. Um, and one of his big things was never. He's a dean. He's a dean. He will ah, never be. Wait, wait. So I knew, I'm sorry. No. Brian comes from educator parents. Yeah. You. My education. Well, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, dad's, dad's still a dean at, at Nova Southeastern University. Okay. But no, he said never stop learning. And, you know, I was I was slow to getting my education because I really enjoyed college. The college was <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not missing. No, but um, I, I, eventually I realized the importance of it. And, and I think that made dad proud when I, I did buckle down. And, and he did say never stop learning. Just, just keep doing something, even if, even if college isn't your thing. Just don't stop learning whatever it is you want to do. Just keep learning. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess I'm up. Yes, yes, please. So my favorite one. We'll stick with the education theme. Yes. Is from uh, one of my great mentors, Dr. Chris Muller, uh, who I had the opportunity to have my advisor and mentor at Cornell and at the Rosen College. Of I like how he throws in Cornell every yes, single yes. chance. Yes. No, 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 it's cold and wet in Ithaca. Just remember that. But Chris Muller's, one of his mantras and or great pieces of advice, and you guys will get a kick out of this, is teaching is a competitive sport. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who are we competing against? The students or other teachers? Or are you? <laughs> yeah. So all good stuff. All right, gentlemen, any closing thoughts, comments, concerns? John, so when do you think we can make it back to uh, sitting at the bar at, in Oakland Park at Funky Buddha? Do you have an idea? Yeah, I think we'll, we'll be making an announcement pretty shortly, and I would say in the next couple of weeks we'll be uh, back open to, to, to service thirsty people again. Awesome. Perfect. So remember, scholarship is available. The application date is closing on June 11th. If you're in need, we're here to help. Please reach out to us. All right. Bacardi Teach is up and running. Take a look at that. John, maybe you can help us with a beer module in the coming months. Yeah, That'd right on. Cool. You know, I like that idea. What actually. modules yeah. do we currently have for Bacardi Teach? Do you know off the top of your head? We have rum, gin, whiskey. Whiskey. Without, without the E, because we're talking scotch. Yes, that's <laughs> not yeah, 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 yeah. So there, that was a big discussion. We have a remove. Cordials and liqueurs is on its way. Basic mixology is on its way. And as I mentioned earlier, phase two will be launched hopefully in the fall. So we're able to get back on campus soon. And that's going to be a little bit more general knowledge and our level of Bacardi certification. And this episode will be aired on Friday, as all of our episodes are aired on Fridays. So we will you will have missed Bacardi Talks, but we're going to have some clips. We're going to have some really cool stuff, I think, next week that we're excited to hear. So when you're listening to this, make sure that you set your alarm because probably sometime midweek, we might have something special for you guys. So, John Lynn, thank you, as always, a great supporter of FIU Chaplain School. It's great to have you on campus. 
Hopefully we'll have you back uh, this fall. Come have some fun in a marketing class with us or two. John Mobile Massey, anything, sir? No, it's been fabulous conversing with you, John. I appreciate your help and support. Look forward to seeing you. Perfect. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you guys all for having me. This is a lot of fun. And Thanks, forever, sir. whoever the person is in Paris, au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, guys. All right. Cheers. Cheers.